Welcome back to the Superintendent Radio Network. I'm your host, Kyle Brown. We're continuing our series of stories from the 2015 State of the Industry Survey, covering some of the challenges that superintendents faced in the last year. Making golf accessible to a wider range of players has always been a struggle for supers, but for some, like Ryan Baldwin of the Highland Golf Country Club in Indianapolis, Indiana, it's been coming down to three terrible words that no superintendent likes to hear right now, and that's pace of play. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for having me today. So to start out, before we actually get into talking about the pace of play, can you tell us a little bit about your course itself? Absolutely. I'm very fortunate to be at a classic city country club here in Indianapolis. Uh, We're located in what has now become the interior loop of the Indianapolis market. Uh, The golf course was founded in 1919. We were designed originally by Willie Park, Jr. We are a private club and a full-service club with tennis and pool and even added bocce. That's one of the things that, that I'll talk a little bit about in our, uh, you know, in pace of play and getting people out here to use their free time at Highland. Uh, bocce has been a great addition. But I have a staff of in-season. We, we fluctuate between 18 and 20 golf course maintenance employees. Uh, I have a full-time staff of seven, including myself. And that includes two assistant golf course superintendents in, in management roles, a horticulturist for our landscape facility here, and uh, a golf course technician for our equipment, and then a few operators and laborers that stay through the winter months. So why is pace of play a problem for you on this course? I, I really look at it from two perspectives. I look at an overall picture of the time it requires, whether it's a member at Highland or whether it's a daily fee player down the street at a public facility, there's a, a time uh, of available moment that, that, that a golfer needs to have free in their day. To me, it starts with pace of play on the golf course. Our golf shop has made it a priority to keep pace of play on this golf course for 18 holes to three and a half hours. Now, we have some advantages in doing that. Being a, being a private facility, can monitor start times. To, uh, we can space those out a little bit better. Space our start times at eight minutes to be able to keep people from bottlenecking early in the golf course. I mentioned in my intro, we're an old golf course, so we're very accessible for walking. There, there, we don't have long distances from greens complexes into tees. But uh, at the end of the day, the millennial generation, and and even a little bit, I'm I'm in my early 40s. My my generation. They have so many other time commitments in their lives between their, their work uh, requirements and especially with their children in this day and age with AAU basketball and season-long football and band and choir and what have you. So to keep this an important part of somebody's budget, somebody's lifestyle, it is no longer the same as it was with the generation that is now in their 60s and 70s where when they made it, they joined the club. They had specific days of the week that they took off of work. They spent the entire day at the club playing golf, playing cards, having dinner. That was part of their lifestyle. The newer members, the, the members that we bring in today, they're in and out. And the key for us is to find ways to accommodate when they have an hour available or they have two hours available and make this a destination for them when they have those available times. Some of the things that we have gone, uh, that we've gone into doing uh, for this, uh, I mentioned in my intro that we installed bocce courts. Mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the game of golf. But bocce, they, they play a game in 30 to 45 minutes. The location is very close to the grill, so it's close to refreshments, 
pub-type food service, we get a lot of activity around lunch hour from our younger members, for example. They'll come and play a game of bocce, have lunch, and then go back to work. Uh, from a golf course perspective, we've spent a lot of time and money on our practice facility. We've noticed a major change and shift in usage for our practice facilities versus golf course. And I think that that has a lot to do with that one-hour and two-hour type time frames where uh, a member or his family will have a shorter period of time and hitting golf balls or practicing chipping, short game, what have you, uh, is more conducive than trying to play an 18-hole round of golf. Where do you see some of the hang-ups on the course? From a, from a standpoint of hang-ups, when, when, we, when we look at our scheduling uh, each and every year, so I'm in my eighth year at Highland. I'm in my 17th year overall as golf course superintendent. I can say unequivocally in the last three golf seasons, we have made the most changes to our member event schedule than we made in my previous five and likely 20 before that. That is all based off of the fact that we're trying to find that. Uh, and we have a few, few events that will never change, a few member guests that are always going to be structured the same, the Highland Classic, the Tutwiler. Uh, with, with the general events at the club, we're fishing for that, that medium. Uh, prime example, our 18-hole ladies league day forever was on Friday morning. Well, we had seen a, an increase in member numbers, but a, but a decrease in participation in the 18-hole league. And we did a pretty extensive survey in 2012, I believe it was, uh, and, and one of the things we found out from the ladies interested in the 18-hole league is that a lot of them are employed now, you know, dual income homes, or they may be the sole income if they're single. And Friday morning at 9 o'clock was not conducive to that schedule. Being able to adjust that to a Thursday afternoon increased participation quite a bit. Now, from a standpoint of being actually on the golf course, we've done things uh, like every golf course would. You know, the pro shop has a more active role now in rangering the golf course. We encourage walking at Highland. I think it's, uh, we have a caddy program on the weekend uh, in the golf season. We feel walking is an important, important part of the game, and actually it's a very high attractant for our club due to the layout of the facility. However, uh, we are more cognizant today of when and where we allow walking golf. To, to give an example with that, we had a real bad problem with pace of play on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. Probably a broken record for a lot of golf facilities. High demand? Not enough time. Everybody wants to play between 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. You have this large influx of members coming in wanting to play golf in a short period of time. Well, we did not have any restrictions on walking in that in that window. And now, if, if you walk in that window, you are required to take a caddy. So we're, we're not going to tell a member they can't walk. But if they are going to walk, they're going to have a caddy for pace of play. Because we, we found that you know we would get a foursome out there that was on foot and early in the morning would turn into a four, four and a quarter hour round of golf. And, of course, that trickle-down effect affected the rest of the morning. By the 10 o'clock group, it was a, a four and a half hour or more round of golf. What are you planning on doing this year? One of the big things that, that we're going to do from a, an available time standpoint is uh, we have continued to increase the number of nine-hole golf events that we hold. So that doesn't necessarily affect the pace of play on the property uh, in a specific round but that does allow us to 
interact more with some of the members that, that don't have that four to six hour window in their day to come out and play. And one of the things prior to this interview that I had thought quite a bit about was my own personal life. And I have a 17-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son, uh, which makes me crazy, I understand. <laughs> but uh, I love the game of golf. And, and But my participation in the game has dropped dramatically in the last five years since my son was born. Uh, so on a Friday night, we have a nine-and-dine event, and it's a simple uh, couples-type scramble. It can be two friends. It can be male-female. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just a two-person scramble. And, uh, and then an informal uh, food session, hot dogs, hamburgers, what have you. So if they choose, they're in and out of here in maximum of two hours. From a standpoint of pace of play on the golf course, something that Highland has always done, uh, we've been very traditional. We do not hold tee times. That has served us very well in the non-busy times of the day or the non-busy times of the week. However, it can become quite the challenge on Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, quite often on Wednesdays when the, a lot of the, the business people take time off in the afternoon for choose-ups, things of that nature. So one thing that the, the golf shop has done, I mentioned a little bit earlier, is they have an, an eight-minute spread on their start times. I believe it was a six-minute spread in the past. So that extra two minutes, allowing that first group to approach the green, be near the putting surface before the next group tees off, helps us quite a bit. And it all boils down to that, quite frankly. At the end of the day, you know, you have your fast players and you have your slow players. I, I'm not sure there is a golden bullet for the challenge of handling adults and the slower players versus the faster players. One of the things that you had talked about in your response on the survey was that families don't really have the same kind of block time that they used to to dedicate to golf. The way that you're talking, you know, including things that reach out to the rest of the family, including shorter games and other other things like like bocce you mentioned, do you think that changes things at all if golf can reach out to more players like that? I'm a firm believer in that. And, and I pace of play within a round is a challenge. And but there, there are, of course, things we can do with education, uh, with the membership, spacing, tea times, as we've spoken. Uh, the, the biggest challenge is keeping this expense a high priority within the family budget. If the use of their country club or their golf course or their resort facility is low on that priority list, it's going to be a very easy component when there's any discomfort to walk away from whether that discomfort is a dues increase or whether that discomfort is I'm sick of playing a four-and-a-half-hour round of golf. These issues are the ones that I think are making the biggest difference for us. A couple of key points. We, are, we have integrated our junior golf program with our swim team and with our junior tennis program. So what we have done is we've created, instead of three different entities, we have integrated those three programs to work as a team. That has given the use of the club, a reason to use our facility versus going to the local baseball field or going to the local gym to shoot baskets. Anybody who's a parent knows that the time that we need to use for our children becomes our number one priority when we're parents. Another thing we have done is, I mentioned earlier, incorporating evening nine-hole events. We started with the nine and nine concept that uh, I mentioned earlier, and uh, I see that expanding, and that, that's a Friday night. The, the bocce component that I mentioned is something that we have even used in our member guests 
at the end of the day, I'm a golf course superintendent. I, I, I'm a Purdue graduate. I'm a turf guy through, uh, through and through. But over time, I have even had to, to morph. I, I now oversee all of the facilities maintenance uh, at the property as well. As I've seen the bigger picture, golf will always be the most important concept at Highland, and it will be the carrier of our success, and it will be the failure for us if it's not the right product as well. When it boils down to it, the time it takes to be involved with the game of golf, in my opinion, even outweighs the expense of the game of golf. I, I hear a lot of people you know, mention that, well, it's just a very expensive sport as well. It's becoming more and more difficult to fit it into their schedules. And I think as golf professionals and golf course superintendents, club managers, industry leaders with publications like yourself, we, we need to really focus on how can we provide an excellent experience for people in different types of time slots. The days of just saying you're going to spend eight hours between driving to your facility, having lunch, playing golf, having a few cocktails, having dinner and going home, those days are, for most people, gone. Uh, doing everything we can to truncate that time frame down to the most effective experience. So when they walk in the door, to the minute they walk out the door, their experience is as high quality as it can be, but it's also as short a period of time as it can be. You'll have to let us know how your plans turn out this year and what kind of effect they have on your pace of play out there. So uh, thanks for sharing that with us today. You can read more stories like Brian's in our State of the Industry survey. Uh, which ran in the January, and you'll see more in the February print editions of Golf Course Industry Magazine. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Ryan. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate the invite today. It was wonderful. You've been listening to the Superintendent Radio Network, a podcast of Golf Course Industry Magazine, a production of GIE Media, Inc. I've been your host and producer, Kyle Brown. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or the SRN page on golfcourseindustry.com. Talk to us at srn at gie.net or at GCI Magazine on Twitter. Thanks for listening.